been enjoying it. What's good? What's good? God is good. And all the time? God is good. And all the time? God is good. Amen? Amen. Do we believe it? Yes. Yes, of course we believe it. We say it. We say it often. We say it regularly. Do our actions and what we say and what we do, does it line up with the idea that we think that God is good? Does our actions and do our words line up with our beliefs? Many times they do not. Uh, last week we, we, we mentioned that this is so vitally important because our faith can only be active to the point in which we believe that God is good. We can only exercise our faith. We can only extend faith that we have, that we have been given, to the point that we believe that God is good. If we don't believe that God is good, whether by words or by actions, I'm not saying that we don't believe it mentally, but if by our words or by our actions we don't believe that God is good, then we can't exercise faith in that area of our life. Today, I want to take a sidebar from talking about the goodness of God, and He is so good. Oh, thank God for the relentless love of God. Amen? Amen? Do you know that God is a God who relentlessly loves us? Do you know that God is a God who is patient, eternally patient with us? He is so patient. He's so patient beyond all what we, what we would know as patient. Our patience stops at the door, and his patience keeps going for a very, very long time. The relentless love of God. I am so glad that his love is relentless, and he just continues to pursue me even when I don't want to pursue him. Amen? Amen. God is good. Well, listen, I want to take a sidebar from talking about God is good, and I want to address another question that is equally as important about what is good and so the question I threw out there last week, and I want to talk more about it today, is, is man good? Oh, Lord Jesus. These are not, you know, and so, uh, listen, so I have had, actually, this is great, because I've had several conversations with several people this week talking about, is God good? It, you know, and the, the immediate question that comes to mind when we start to talk about, is God good, is, is God in control? Is God sovereign? Is God in charge? And so what are we saying? See, too often, and I got into this really extensively last week, but we're going to get into it more again today, is that too often we try to answer questions too quickly. Is God good? Yes. I mean, that's just a given, right? Is God in control? Well, we need to back up and we need to talk about your definition of the word control before we say whether or not we believe that God is in control. Is God sovereign? Absolutely. Does that mean that God is, God is responsible for all the bad things that happens in the world? Absolutely not. But wait, I don't understand. If God is sovereign, then how do bad things happen? We talked about this all last week. So if you want a review, just go back, listen to the message again. It's online. You can look up the video on Facebook. It's fantastic. So I say all that to say, that was good. I thought it was good. I don't know. As, uh, thanks, guys. I say all that to say that we stand here and we ask this question, we have an equally difficult answer. There is no quick answer. We can't just be like, bang, there's the answer. So let's, look at, let's begin by looking at Psalm 8. 
O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infant, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man? What is man? that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. So the psalmist here isn't asking, is man good? The psalmist is asking God, what is man? How who am I? How did I get to this place? Who are we that you, God, when he says man, he's not talking about a man versus a woman. He's actually talking about all of mankind, all of humanity. So very often in the word, it'll say man. It's referring to all of humankind. So what is humanity that you are mindful of him? Who are we? What did we do? We are, we are his creation. Come on. He loves us. He loves us. You have made him a little lower than the angels. The word angels there isn't the proper term. The word there in the Hebrew is actually the word Elohim. And, and every other instance in the Bible where we see the word Elohim, it means God. And so in actually, this is New, New King James. If you look at pretty much any other translation other than the NIV, it says, you have made him a little lower than God. New, translation, New, New Living Translation, Amplified, NASB, NRSV, they all say you have made God man a little lower than God. You have crowned him, you have crowned man with glory and with honor. Honor, God giving you honor was his idea. It's God's idea to give honor to people. It's God's idea to give glory to mankind. This is God's idea. So when we honor one another, when we show honor one to another, we're actually engaging in God's process because it's God's idea that we receive honor from one another. A culture, watch this, a culture of honor celebrates who a person is without tripping over who he's not. Too often, somebody's in a place where we should honor them and we choose not to honor them because, well, they're not this or they're not that or they, I don't agree with everything. We need to honor people for who they are without tripping over who they're not. Honor is God's idea. Honor is God's idea. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Dominion. It's kind of along the same lines of the word to dominate. We're in control. God put us in control. Is God in control? Well, Psalm 8 says he gave us control. He gave us dominion. What did we do with it? He gave us authority. What did we do with it? You have put all things under his feet, under man's feet. 
all, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish that are in the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. In all of the earth. Well, this just made the question broader and wider and deeper. I don't think we got to any answers yet. Let's go back and let's look at Exodus, uh, Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read the whole thing from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 says this. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and he saw that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathered and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was. And so evening and morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made the great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light to the earth and to rule over the day and to rule over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was so evening. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above and across the earth the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was, and God blessed them by saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the... Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth of each to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. It's good. Then God said, let us make man. Watch this, guys. Here we go. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Pay attention. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let him, let man have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over cattle and over all of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so God created man. He created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God said, 
Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food, also to every beast of the earth, to the bird of the air, and to the everything that creeps upon the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw that everything he had made and indeed, it was very good. So evening and morning were the sixth day. It's good. So what did God say about man? Is man good? Very good. Very good. All right, hold up. Don't, don't jump to any conclusions. I know what God said. There's more to the story. We haven't finished the story. Hold up, hold up. Don't run for the door yet. Unfortunately, there's more to the story. (laughs) The word good, right, it comes back to words, wordsmiths, right? We talk about people who really know words well. Too often, we think of the word good, and we're like, it's good. What kind of shovel did you buy? I bought a good one, right? You can go to the hardware store, and they have shovels on display, and it's, you can buy a good shovel, you can buy a better shovel, or you can buy the best shovel. (laughs) You know what the difference is? It's about $35. This one's 10. That one's 45. They're all made by the same company. They all have an ash handle, except maybe this one's got hickory. You really need hickory? How much stronger is hickory than ash? Ask, ask a woodworker. They're all, right? What are the differences? When we think the word good, when we read the word good here, we can't think good as in good, better, best. That's not what God is saying. It's not like, well, that's good. I mean, you know, it's not best, but it's good. No, no, no. That's not it at all. The word good there is the word, it's the Hebrew word tov. It's spelled T-O-B in the English vernacular. It's pronounced T-O-V-E like the word dove, tov, right? So tov. Uh, It means to be pleasant and agreeable and excellent and rich. God created man. And then he doesn't just say good. It's not just tov. It's very good. It's mehotov. Mehotov. It's exceedingly good to a great degree of goodness. It is exceedingly pleasant. It is a great degree of agreeableness. It is exceedingly excellent. God created man, and he said, it is exceedingly excellent. When we read the word good, hold up, guys. Don't just assume that it, that's good. No, it is exceedingly excellent. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's, it's actually, it's good. <laughs> to a great degree of richness, come on. God made man, and he said, that it was good. It was very good. But it's not the end of the story. There's more to the story. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3. We're just going to skip ahead a little bit here. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field with the Lord God had made and said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the trees of the fruit. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, 
you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, we need to understand, we skipped over chapter 2. In chapter 2, God gave Adam and Eve instruction, said, don't eat it. He never said, don't touch it. So Eve misrepresents what God said. God didn't say, don't touch it. And then watch what the enemy says. Then the serpent said to the woman, you, sh- you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing evil and good. Do you see what he did? Do you remember what we read in, in, in chapter 1? In chapter 1, we, we, we read and it said, God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. And it says, and God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. So God made us like him. And then the enemy comes along and says, if you eat that, you're going to be like God. I'm already like God. God made me like him. I don't need no stinking apple to be like him. I'm already like him. The enemy's tricks haven't changed. You're beautiful. You're lovely. God loves you. You're his chosen one. He has given you power and authority over everything. We're going to see this in a moment. We reclaim our authority. God's given it to you. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that he hasn't. You're beautiful. God made you in his image. Do you think God's ugly? You look like him. Do you believe what God said or do you believe what somebody else said? Who are you going to believe? We can't miss this. The enemy comes and he says, if you eat that fruit, you're going to be like God. I'm already like God. Back up, enemy. Get off. Be away. So they sin, right? So they eat the tree. They eat the, they eat the apple. Do I have another slide here? What's the next slide? Oh, no, I got to go back. Okay. Okay. So they eat the apple. They sin. Sin enters mankind, right? We blame Adam. Eve may have eaten the fruit. We still blame Adam. He's the head. He gets in trouble for what she did. The two are one. It's not an issue. And we surrender. Watch, we surrender our authority. We surrender the dominion of earth. God gave the dominion of earth to Adam. And now we sin. Adam's sin, we all take on that sin, and so we surrender our dominion, we surrender our authority to the enemy, and now sin has entered the world. And so God said, is man good? Is man good? This is the question that we're asking. Is man good? God said that man is good, but now we have this sin nature that's entered into us from Adam. And so we have this propensity towards sin, towards evil. That's on the inside of us. So are we good? Uh, I don't know where we at. Romans 5, 12 through 14 says this. It says, therefore, just as one man, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. The sin of Adam infected us all, infected all mankind. And thus, 
death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those who had, who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of who, him who is to come. I love Paul. I love the way he writes. This is fantastic. All, all of sin. Even to those who didn't sin according to the law, we had sin living in us, Adam saying. Everyone's in this state of sin. Watch. But the free gift, what Jesus did for you, the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who will receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through the one Jesus Christ. Condemnation, sin, Evil entered the world through Adam, entered humankind through Adam. Jesus came and said, no more. Grace, you've been delivered. You've been set free. You couldn't do it for yourself. I came and I did it for you. I accomplished that which couldn't be accomplished any other way. And now you have the right to go back and take back your authority. Now you have the right to go back and live according to the way that I've called you to live. Condemnation, listen guys, condemnation is of the enemy. The enemy brings condemnation. The condemnation comes to bring death, and it comes to bring doubt, and it comes to bring unbelief. And when condemnation comes, there's no way out. So if you're feeling condemned, it's the enemy. It's not God. Conviction comes by the Holy Spirit. Conviction comes and it seeks to bring healing. It seeks to bring repentance. It seeks to bring restoration. And it seeks to bring righteousness. There's hope in repentance. There's hope in conviction. There's no hope in condemnation. So if you're feeling like there's no hope, stop listening to the enemy. If you're not feeling like you have any hope, stop listening to the enemy and start listening to the Holy Spirit. Tune your ears to a different channel. Start listening to God. Therefore, therefore as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even, even so, through one man's righteous act, Jesus dying on the cross, the, even through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For if by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Guys, we're made righteous. Jesus came and he made us righteous. He made us good again. Glory to God. Is man good? Oh, we haven't answered that question yet. Man, this, is, this question's getting more and more difficult to answer, isn't it? How do we answer that question? Jesus came to make us good, make us righteous.
Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus came and died upon the cross. He became sin. Him, he who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, who came and lived a completely perfect, sinless life, came and died upon the cross for us that we might live his righteous life. He came and paid the penalty for our sin. He came and paid the penalty for our failures so that we could live like him. He came and lived and took the penalty that we deserved so that we could live with the righteous lifestyle that he deserved, the reward that he deserved. He took our penalty and he gave us his reward. That's what he did. Do we live that way? Is man good? What do you say about yourself? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is man good? What do you say about yourself? I'm a sinner. Is that still your mindset? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is that your mindset? Where's our mindset? Where do we park? Where do we camp? We're going to read 1 John in a bit. You need to read 1 John like 10 times. <laughs> read it over and over and over and over and over again. We are called to a lifestyle that we live, and we don't live a lifestyle of sin. Yes, we may slip up once in a while, but grace is sufficient. God still has grace, even if we miss it once in a while. But I am not. My mindset is that I don't live a life of sin. I am no longer caught up in the enemy's schemes. Once in a while, I might slip and, you know, say something that I shouldn't. Who knows? Whatever. But it's not the regular. Is man good? God said that man was good. But we have this sin nature, which results in evil that we inherited from Adam. And, but Jesus Christ took our sin nature, and he gave us his nature. So is man good? We haven't, yes. Yes and no. We haven't gotten to the full, full answer yet. Uh, all right, here we go. First John 3. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as God is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Come on. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He destroyed the works of sin. He destroyed the works of unrighteousness. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, before you get off on, on this, like, mind game, because I know how you guys all are, right? And you're like, oh, well, I accepted Jesus, and then I sinned once, and that's over for me. No, no, because it says in 1 John chapter 1, it says, if anyone sins, talking about the beloved, talking about the church, if anyone sins, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And so John is making accommodation for us to have a potential sin on occasion in our life at the beginning of 1 John. But he's saying if you live a life that's predominantly measured by sin or not, 
He cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Uh-oh. Oh, is man good? In this, is man good? I think we're kind of getting close. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. We're children of God. Have you accepted Christ? You're a child of God. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who murdered his brother. And why did he murder? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. You know, we talked about honor at the beginning, Psalm 8. If Cain had simply honored his brother for the good offering that he brought, you know, that destroys envy. If Cain had simply just honored his brother for the good offering that he brought, hey, great job. God accepted your offering. That's fantastic. Way to go. Honor. But he didn't. He chose not to. John chapter 3. We all know 316. Here's 319. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So, where do we stand? Is man good? Well, we have... I love this. We have two, we have two answers here uh, because we have two types of people. The Bible tells us we have two types of people that live upon the earth right now. We have the sons of God and we have the sons of, of the evil one. And so the sons of God, the children of God are good and the sons of the evil one practice evil things. They're evil. They're not good. And so is man good? Yes and no. What kind of an answer is that? The kind you get. <laughs> <laughs> is man good? God said that man is good, but we have this sin nature that we inherited from Adam. But Jesus Christ took our sin nature, our evil nature, and he gave us his nature. And so when we accept Jesus Christ, yes, we become good. And why do we accept Jesus Christ? Because we're called. Because God called us. Because he put his Holy Spirit upon our heart. Because he drew, him, he drew us to himself. When we choose to follow Christ, we are good. We are made righteous, even if we slip up once in a while, guys. If we choose not to follow Christ, or if we make a decision, if we do not make any decision regarding Christ, we continue to practice evil and we continue to not be good. There's, there's only two sides. You either choose Christ or you don't. It, it's not choose Christ or don't choose Christ, or stay in the middle of indecision. Being in the middle of indecision is to not choose Christ. And so you can only choose Christ or not choose Christ. There's no middle ground here. And so if you've chosen Christ, if you follow Christ, man, you're good. Man is good. If you haven't chosen to follow Christ, your acts are still evil. It comes back to self. It comes back to guiding of ourselves. When we choose to follow God, we die to ourselves and we follow God. We choose love. Love 
is the completion. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love doesn't discard the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. If you were to follow the law to every jot and tittle, you would love people. Love fulfills the law. There's nothing written in the, in the law that doesn't exude love, right? It talks about, you know, if you dig a pit and your neighbor's cow falls into the pit, pay back your, your neighbor for the cow that he lost because it fell into the hole that you dug. It's your fault. None of us have cows. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you got a great big pothole in your driveway and your friend comes in and they drive into the pothole and they break a strut, uh-oh. No, no, now it's striking really close to home. Let your homeowner's insurance pay for it. It's your fault. No. Nah. God made man. He made us good. God said it was good. It was very good. It was very good. It was mehatov. It was very good. It is exceedingly agreeable and abundant and excellent. But then we sinned. Sin entered. And with sin came evil. But Jesus came and redeemed us from the curse. He delivered us from the evil one. He delivered us from our sin nature. He delivered us from being evil. And now we're good again. Behold how good and pleasant it is to dwell together in unity. Beloved, we are called children of God. Behold the love of God. God calls us his children. We're his kids. We're his creation. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you're like, what does it mean? What are you talking about? You know, I want to follow Jesus, but you've never done that before. I want to invite you to do that today. If you're watching online with us and you have this conviction in your heart, you have this drawing in your heart, and you just want to follow Christ, you want to be good, you want to do good, I want to invite you to follow Christ today. He will take your sins away. He will take away your evil nature. He will take away your sin nature, and he will give you his nature. He will give you his righteousness. He will give you his grace and ability to live the life that God's called you to live, a life free from sin, a life of good and goodness a life of vitality, a life of fullness. That's the life, the abundant life that Jesus has called us to. If you're here or watching online and you'd like to make that decision today, just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I want to follow you all of the days of my life, and I want to do good. Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would take them far away from me, and God, that I wouldn't live that lifestyle anymore. God, we come to you and ask that you would live in our hearts. Give us grace and strength to live according to your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.